यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट आई प्रसिद्ध बैनर्जी एंड आई राइट अबाउट टेक एट मिंट एंड दिस इज टेक podcast where we ta- tackle some hot topics in technology and also bust some myths so this week on techsetra we are talking about pegasus why because what else is there to talk about really so pegasus is a spyware that was designed by israeli security group nso group which claims to sell the tool only to government but in india we first heard about it last year when reports emerged that it had been used to spy on journalists and activists in the country security experts have known about this since 2017 and had warned about it being used for surveillance now before we get to anything else what is pegasus right in short it is a spyware that has been designed by this israeli firm it's used for surveillance and the firm has very clearly said that they only sell this tool to government agencies According to a 2016 report by the New York Times, running a Pegasus operation with spies on say 10 iPhones will require over a million dollars. Which pretty much tells you that this is not something that your neighborhood hacker can use. It requires quite a bit of money and machinery behind it, which usually is available only to state-backed hackers or sometimes those who are backed by corporates. Now here's the thing. The Wire reported around 18th of July that 40 Indian journalists plus some ministers, opposition leaders, activists, they had been spied on using Pegasus. This combined with the fact that the NSO group says that they only sell it to governments has of course raised a number of questions around whether it is our government that is spying on these people. Now our government of course has denied it and to be very sure we don't really have confirmation from either side on what exactly has happened what i can tell you is what exactly pegasus is and whether you really need to worry about it now like i said it's a spyware but for those of you who have been on the internet for a while a spyware might not seem really dangerous however pegasus is meant for surveillance What it does once it gets on your phone is it pretty much records each and everything you do. It uses keyloggers to record your passwords, whatever else you type on the phone. It can listen to you using your microphone. It can look at where you are and look at you using your cameras. Pegasus is so invasive that if three people who have Pegasus on their phones are meeting and the phones are nearby and these three people even if they turn off their phone pegasus will recognize that the three phones are together and it will start recording the conversation that it hears around them security firm kaspersky had called this total surveillance last year so yes pegasus has pretty much emerged as one of the go to tools for surveillance now claudio guarnieri the man who heads the security lab at amnesty international had uploaded a document back in 2019 to a service called document cloud this document was actually sort of the portfolio for pegasus and according to this document there are three things that this spyware is designed for one is to collect historic data on the device 
which means that it can read each and every message you have, look what calls you have done, and so on and so forth. But it is also meant to continuously monitor your activity and transmit all of this data to the third parties who are surveilling on you. So obviously it's a very invasive tool and Pegasus is part of a tier of malware that is called zero click exploits. So what usually happens in malware cases is that the malware requires you and me and any victim to be actively involved in it being downloaded on a device. However, Pegasus can infiltrate a device without us doing a lot. For example, in the cases that have been reported, whoever the hackers were, they used vulnerabilities in iMessage to infiltrate users' phones. Last year, it was a vulnerability in WhatsApp that was used to infiltrate users' phones. Amnesty International also found that they can use websites which are not HTTPS secured to infiltrate the phone. And Pegasus will infiltrate your phone within milliseconds if you visit such a website. Now I know I'm saying you and all of this can happen to you, but realistically speaking, like I said, anybody with a million dollar machinery will not really surveil just the general public. You have to be a high risk individual in order for somebody to come after you with something like Pegasus. Having said that, Guarnieri did say that there is no real way for a victim to protect against Pegasus. Once it is on your phone, it can be found, but you will need forensic analysis of your phone for it to be found. But more importantly, given that these are zero-click exploits, it means that all it really takes is either a mistake on the app developer's part or a slight misstep on our part where we visit vulnerable websites and it just gets downloaded on our device. So obviously it is really dangerous that way. But of course, you can, if you're really worried about being infiltrated with such a tool, you can follow some best practices. What are these? It's pretty simple. You just keep all your apps updated because whenever an app developer is informed about problems that are in their app, they do almost immediately issue a patch for that service. So as long as you've downloaded these patches, Pegasus can't use those vulnerabilities to infiltrate your phone. Similarly, do not visit websites that do not have the HTTPS protocol. Nowadays, Google Chrome and other browsers pretty much mandate the use for HTTPS and any website that is really dependable will use the HTTPS protocol as well. So the fact that a website does not use HTTPS should be a red flag for you in a lot of cases. And this actually includes any website. So you shouldn't think that Pegasus will come only off, let's say, really shady websites. Technically, it could come off a news website that does not use such a protocol. So the best practice for the internet is to avoid visiting websites that do not have the HTTPS protocol. Now that's the part about the spyware itself. What this has done is that it has raised questions about surveillance reforms in India and whatever laws we have for surveillance reforms. In fact, a lot of experts say that according to Indian law, surveillance only requires clearances from the executive division, which is a problem because the judiciary is not involved. In fact, in countries like US, this is almost mandated. Some experts told me that there are some things called data sharing agreements. 
So if a government is trying to infiltrate your phone, it's probably because they see cause to infiltrate. So surveillance has to have a sort of a need, right? There's no reason for somebody to surveil us just for the heck of it. But this need has to be defined and it has to go through certain processes before it can be allowed. In fact, most laws will tell you that surveillance is absolutely illegal. Data sharing agreements exist because at the moment, if a crime is committed in India, the victim is in India, the arresting officer is in India, but the data that is required to prove that crime is somehow held in a data center in the US, India has to wait for a long time in order to access that data. It's done through something called MLAT treaties. Now the US has something called the Cloud Act, which does allow data sharing agreements with countries. The problem is, and experts say this is why surveillance reforms are really, really required. The problem is that India's surveillance laws are so weak that they do not match up to the standards that are required for data sharing agreements under things like the Cloud Act. So not having surveillance reforms is not only hurting the country in the sense that it's allowing more surveillance and things like this, but also that it can in general not deal with national security in the right way. Of course, data localization is one answer. But the funny thing is that imagine a company like Facebook, which is headquartered in the US, even if you do data localization, Facebook still has to adhere with some US laws when it comes to sharing data, and that will remain a problem. So these data sharing agreements are actually quite important in the long run. And that is one of the main reasons why surveillance reform is required. And coincidentally, India is not the only country that faces such issues. The MLAT treaties which exist right now can take up to a year because they go through a really long process. And all of these processes can often not be followed when it comes to when it comes to the need for surveillance and data. I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody has decided to surveil you, do they really want to wait a year before they can access that data? Not really, right? And that, of course, is a problem. And this MLAT treaty that I'm talking about is not something that India does. It's a sort of a global international thing. So it's not a problem with India alone. The MLAT process is broken and that a lot of experts agree has to be reformed. Things like the Cloud Act are sort of a step towards that. In fact, the GDPR, which is Europe's data privacy regulation, also has some aspects of this defined in it. So one of the things that many experts recommend is that the PDP should adopt the right ways so that India can enter the right data sharing agreements. And it's quite surprising that the world doesn't have things like this right now because Pegasus, although it's new, it's very invasive and yes, it is very, very scary. It's not the first time we have heard about things like this. The National Security Agency in the US, that is the NSA, had something called Dropout Jeep, which was used to compromise Apple's iPhones at one time. There was a Milan-based group called Hacking Team, which used to sell something called RCS Android, which was also a surveillance tool that actually used to be disguised as a news app on the Android Play Store. Even the CIA, according to a WikiLeaks data dump back in 2017, used to have something called Livestrong, which was used to compromise devices running on Android 4.4 KitKat. So all of this has happened before. Yes, Pegasus is scary, but 
This is not the first time we are hearing about surveillance. But somehow it seems that lawmakers, regulators worldwide are having a really tough time dealing with all of this and creating the right laws that will sort of put a halt on this. Here's the thing. Depending on who you ask, surveillance could be right or it could be wrong. For the general public, surveillance for us will always feel wrong. But very strong cases can be made for surveillance as well. For example, what if you know a person is a known terrorist? Should you surveil them? Should you surveil them? Should you not surveil them? These are not easy questions to answer. But the fact remains that we have had enough instances now and enough examples so that the governments around the world need to figure out how to solve this. Funnily, these issues have also been raised in the UN and I was speaking to a very senior policy expert from one of the social media firms who said that even though these issues have been raised, they've pretty much died out in the policy circle. And while Pegasus is scary, to me that is even more scary because it seems like world governments and pretty much any government is not really paying attention to this. And that's it for this week's episode. Please do let me know what you thought of it and what else you would want me to cover. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Undertaker. Yes, you heard that right. That's U-N-D-E-R-T-E-C-H-E-R. You can also give us feedback at HT Smartcast. We're present on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And please do log on to htsmartcast.com and listen to all of our productions. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.